I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today we watched Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer, a 1985 movie by Deke Enterprises. And we're really actually not this excited about it. (laughs) Hey, I'm using my presenter voice. I'll do a brief spoiler-free plot synopsis of this one. Uh, Rainbow Bright and all of her pals are having a fine time in Rainbow Land, but then she goes to uh, actual Earth and some problems are forming. And they determine that the problems are... Because of the planet I don't remember the name of that's like a giant diamond that shines bright and its light is being dimmed. So they have to, she has to go to the planet with her trusty talking horse um, (laughs) to to solve this problem. The problem's being caused by a really selfish evil queen lady who just wants to have the diamond for herself. So she's enveloping it in like a net or something so that she can have it. And so Rainbow Bright's gotta, gotta stop her and she goes through a series of, of, adventures um to to do that uh meets chris who sucks uh (laughs) there's two um other lesser bad guys that are trying to do something the whole time and oh and there's a a talking robot horse and they gotta they gotta defeat the evil and save the day so that the world doesn't the uh, earth doesn't succumb to like coldness and depression and, and also winter. the universe itself will just end or something so yes. Yes. high high stakes um what do we think of this movie i was tr- i started open-minded i wanted to like the music and stuff but i don't think it was as much as a, a gem or whatever the transformers like i was hoping it's like you know not the greatest but serviceable but i don't think it's even that serviceable yeah, <laughs> I don't really know what much to say. You re- you um, were really like not on board from oh, from, from like within a few seconds of it starting. <laughs> well, I don't like the animation. Don't like the voices. I did like the music. Yeah, um, I think the first like five minutes of this movie were the best things I'd ever seen, and then it was bad. <laughs> so I was really vibing for like five minutes as we met uh rainbow brights world and the people in it except for that one guy who's saying uh he should never be allowed to sing <laughs> yes. and we met stormy uh who was the best and if she had been a bigger part of the movie would have solved most problems way easier yeah, than probably, they were yeah. actually solved yeah 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 and then uh she went to the human world and it was just all kind of downhill from there let's get specific This film did not receive advanced screenings upon its release and was panned by critics, holding a rare 0% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my god! It grossed almost 5 million at the United States box office. Oh my god! Not sure, but I can't have cost that much. Yeah. Um. Whoa. (laughs) Well, yeah, what do we think about the story and characters in this? Wow, a zero. Zero percent. Wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. critics at the time were not impressed. Okay, it well. isn't impressive. No, it's not. <laughs> no, yeah, like you had uh, f- uh, for a video for a property that is made to sell toys. It's very easy to compare this to Transformers. Yeah, in the sense of Transformers was better, or there was more to likable things in there. 
I agree the beginning was probably the strongest. I was hoping for some good stuff. But yes, they go to the earth or she goes to earth. But also when when the two like sea villains are introduced, like they always drag the movie down, pacing all of that. I really didn't like it when they were on screen. Because it was literally the same thing the entire movie. The yeah. whole thing. Their they stick would... their stick never really changes. Never. There's a big dumb guy and a smaller dumb guy who is still ostensibly the brains of the operation. And they step on each other's toes. Mostly the big guy on the little guy. Yeah, just keeps And they're just literally. thoroughly incompetent yeah. and they want to stop Rainbow Bright. In some vague way. But same gags. Like, if, if one's in a vehicle, well, like, if the big guy's in a vehicle, he's going to run over the little guy. Look, it's fun to see someone or, get run over by a car, but there's only so many times exactly, you can do it before exactly. it's not funny Or anymore. he's going to crash down and, and land on top of him. Yeah. yeah. It just And they just keep doing that again and again and again, and there's no variation. I right. like that Rainbow Bright's main little uh, fluffy friend guy was named Twink, though. Yes. Yeah, that was cute. I don't even that's, know what they're called. That's a, that's a thing that... Um, just funny. That is just funny because, Mother, I don't know if you know this, but twink is a word that can be used to refer to a, a particularly kind of slight, effeminate sort of gay man. Oh, they use okay. on the internet. Yeah. 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 Okay, cute. That, that queer funny. people use a lot. So it's very funny that this little guy, and is, this is called in Twink. This context, yeah. <laughs> okay. Because okay. he is visually not a Twink at all, but that's his name, and it's just funny. Okay. Uh, Stormy was. Stormy was immediately the coolest one. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and her horse. Yeah, she has a cool black horse. I don't remember if it has a name, um, but she's cool. She's like just in the clouds, being a kind of a punk and wanting to a make brat. lightning and a uh, little, little bit of a punk brat, uh, wanting <laughs> to have some lightning and some rain and stuff. But then I think she also, you know, wants some some friendship on some level. Yeah, but she can't quite admit it you know yes and that would have been way more interesting <laughs> would have been way more got. interesting yes yeah yes. their intro song i bring up only because they talk about everybody doing their part and like no one does anything <laughs> exactly a hundred percent that they introduce everybody at the rainbow village or whatever and and then she proceeds to leave and they don't do anything substantial to help nope no. Oh, and they have a creepy scene because after they introduce them all, then they're all standing around her bed, staring at her <laughs> that is funny. as she wakes the, up. As the song was still going, she was like asleep in bed and all the others are gathered, except for Stormy, where he's gathered around her, her bed, just in, in like a ring. And it was like, do you wake up like this every morning? It's, <laughs> it's so silly. Yes, it's so funny. Yes. I think it's because they're supposed to bring in spring. Yeah, yeah. At that point. But it was, it was very silly to see. <laughs> so the little guy who didn't want the floor to be scratched was like an instant like brain recognition for me. I have no idea why that guy stuck out so much to child me. But I was like, oh, this guy, he doesn't want the floor scratched. <laughs> that was just, that was just a moment for me. Um, and then I also like that that same guy was like, oh yeah, those guys that are like covering up the ground, not my job, not my problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real vibe. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm not paid to worry about that. So, like, that's not, literally not my problem. That's someone else is going to have to help you with that one. Yeah. Uh, I also felt really bad for the horse being on an ice planet and being caught by a net and stuff. The horse kind of went through it. Yeah, wish the horse could have done more. I don't know. He did, he did stuff. He did stuff, but, but also got sidelined in ways that 
it felt like sometimes he was more of a liability than he was a help. But, yeah. You know, he's doing his best. He's be- he's a horse that's being put in a lot of situations that a horse probably shouldn't be in. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have some sympathy for him. Uh, like those- the horse had to get into a boat. Yeah, yeah. All this. Uh, those big robot guys freaked me out as a kid. They looked like they were wearing shower caps. They were, they were kind of scary looking. And yeah. They made like this like like hum kind of sound that they kept doing. And I think that freaked me out as a kid. Uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, my my next note is, oh no, Chris is misogynist. And then my note after that is, I hope Chris dies. He doesn't, unfortunately. Yeah. The- <laughs> He's just a t- one of those typical, like, oh, a girl's gonna help me. Yeah. Like, characters that are and in it- things sometimes. And it's just as, aw- it's like one of the worst versions of those. He ostensibly never even actually learns a lesson. Uh, but, like, it's so, I don't, even if he had, it wouldn't have made things better. Like, I just don't care for that character type to ever be in a thing ever yeah and he would repeat that and then their whole vibe was like oh what you scared oh no i'm not scared i mean it's just that stupid like chris are you gonna do it uh no yeah or Mm -hmm. okay then you're scared you know oh just constant yeah that wasn't uh that like undermined the story i it it, again it would have been more interesting to have the other people help yeah help each other out rather than like egg each other on yeah yeah uh oh i like the booties on the horse though that the horse needed to wear booties that's a good plot point to put in the thing is that <laughs> is that uh, your horse needs to put on booties perfect love that uh the robots being able to walk in the water while the horse was stuck also scared me as a kid i was like oh no he's gonna get them Aww. like this movie was a lot more harrowing when you were a child it's, yeah it's not very harrowing actually <laughs> also that big blob made up of small blobs also terrified me as a child, which is silly because it's not portrayed as threatening at all, just goofy. But I was scared of that thing. Yeah. It made some, like, they kind of talked creepy, and then it had, like, a, a deep voice, and it was scary, and had a kind of mean face, and so it scared me. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Did you like to watch this a lot? Uh, I watched it enough okay. for stuff to stick out. Sergeant Zombo or whatever the heck he was called, he was immediately like, my brain was like, oh, this guy. I don't know why either for that guy. He just, something about that particular mean dude stuck out in, in little me's head. Yeah. I was like, oh, there's that guy. Well, I'm not going to criticize you because I was terrified of skeletons, as you know. So, yeah, you yeah. know, you know. Do you guys remember just... when we had a brief moment of old people reminiscing on the time that they tried to escape from this planet or whatever? Oh, yeah. And then the, we didn't, and see, we them didn't again. see them again. That was good because we had hoped we wouldn't see no, them No, I'm again. glad that that was yeah, just a non sequitur was... out of nowhere that never that had any relevance or come, came back. Yeah. Uh, the creepy robed lizard guys also scared me as a kid. There was a lot of things in this movie that scared me <laughs> as a child. And and to be fair, I think those guys were the scariest ones. I was going to say that they were the scariest they they were intimidating. They, they were big and aggressive, and they yeah. just kept coming. They and they and kept grabbing. that horse down, and yeah. they were going after her and stuff. Like they felt like the biggest threat in the movie, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, really, they they were there were a lot of them. They kept coming. They were aggressive. They were not. Also, running. the first ones that we saw were robed, but then the ones underneath the ground were not robed, and I don't appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> they felt very nude, and I don't like that. You know what? I've, I I shifted from. Um, maybe that's like their she got into their shower area or something to maybe they were close to regulate above ground and that's don't what I'm thinking below ground. I think they're just nude nude in the underground yeah 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 in which case it's like oh okay this is purely functional <laughs> yeah, they yeah. want to be able to like move at speed 
above ground, so they put clothes on rather than being affected by uh being you know being cold-blooded and changing their metabolism yeah yeah my last note for this section is that there are a surprising amount of monsters that terrified me as a child in this movie which i wrote when the big red sewer monster appeared yeah (laughs) all like all of the monsters worked on me as a kid i don't know like i was just a dumb kid that was like oh no this movie felt really harrowing for me as a child (laughs) how did it feel as an adult not harrowing not at all the most harrowing was those lizards those guys were kind of like too powerful honestly they were only defeated by their own hubris knocking stuff down or whatever like i don't think she could have stopped them otherwise <laughs> she would have been a goner exactly <laughs> <laughs> they would have eaten her i don't know what their plan was but anything else with the um so i guess so i we should talk about the main villain la- lady i'm not gonna look up the names because i don't care it doesn't she deserve was a that princess respect. actually she's a princess and, like, I think that she had a problem, and I think that she needed psychiatric help, um, <laughs> because she would talk to her her gym as if it was... A pet. A pet. And yep. then she would, like, put it places and then reprimand it for being in those places. Yeah. And, like, it was clearly supposed to be some sort of joke, but it, it didn't... It just kind of felt sad. It kind yeah. of felt like... I think she needs help. Yeah. She had I on think a something's leash. wrong. She had on a leash. She would she drag would, it. She would drag it. She and would, we'll, sh- we'll have to, in spoilers, talk about how that particular plot line ends uh, because it's just as baffling as the rest of it. But, like, it just felt sad. I just was worried for her. Yeah, I mean, she'd throw it on her bed and then be like, off my bed and on her throne. And, yeah. And then right after she would throw it somewhere, I mean, especially yeah. the throne one, then she'd be like, yeah. you can't sit on my throne. And, yeah. I mean, it was just really, yeah. Her, it was whole, just her whole thing is just that she's like a... a brat that wants everything to be hers and everything to go her way and it's literally no deeper than that other than perhaps her very real issues that she needed help with yes <laughs> that i was concerned for, her, for i was worried for her you know uh the movie wasn't we'll no. talk about that but <laughs> um anything else with story characters or uh voice acting i think i might have some voice acting notes actually oh we we said we didn't like the one of the kids one of the Rainbow Bright crew. I couldn't tell you who what that guy's name was. The voice acting so I was... I didn't like the princess's voice. I did not... Now, it was kind of funny because I did not like the um, Rainbow Bright's horse, uh, his voice, but, but it was so off kilter that it was it grew on me and and it was kind of funny rainbow brights or the horse rainbow brights horse Mm. you know but then like was it starlight i think so yeah yeah yeah. because it just it was just like too deep and and like older sounded like an older man as opposed i don't know it just starlight wizard and spectran couldn't tell you what those other two are were all voiced by andre stochka uh, who is best known as Owl in uh, Winnie the Pooh stuff after 1994. Oh, uh, I thought it was... Okay. It did, I thought it was like Pooh sometimes. Mm-mm. Not okay. directly, but some of the cadence felt like it. Owl. See, and that makes sense. Because again, it was just too deep and old of a voice for this kid's like this horse that this little girl's riding. I don't know. It just... It some just of, some of the other people that we have on hand here uh, is that Popo... Which I think is one of the little fluff guys was voiced by Charles Adler. Uh, I couldn't tell 
I forgot that he was in here, but he he's known as like Ickis and the Big Heads. Mm. Ickis mm. from All Real Monsters or the Big Heads from Rocco and Modern Life, among many, many other things. Okay. Um That one kid that had a really weird voice. Oh boy. I couldn't tell you what that no, guy's no, name no, the, is, so the, I have no p- idea. Part of her crew on the oh. blue the blue hair. Yeah. yeah. No clue who that is. Uh Murky Dismal Castle Mon- Murky is the Sea villain. Is he the big one? He's the one with the hat? I think so. Okay. Murky, Dismal, Castle Monster, Glitterbot, Guard, Skydancer, and Slurthy were all voiced by Peter Cullen, otherwise known as Optimus Prime in the Transformers movie, Eeyore in a lot of Winnie the Pooh stuff, and Monterey Jack in uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, wow. Among other things. Okay. Lurky, On X... Buddy Blue, Dog, Guard, Spectrin, also, is that Sluthry? They're Slurthy and Sluthry. Anyways, and Glitterbot were all voiced by Patrick Fraley, uh, who apparently also played Krang and Casey Jones in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. So, TMNT heads, there you go. (laughs) Is that what they call themselves? Um, No, they call them TMNT shells. And uh, Rainbow Bright was voiced by Bettina, who uh, was a singer- and I say, well, I think she's still alive, uh, yeah, but like, I don't know yeah. that her singing career continued outside of the 80s, uh, but she uh, put out a, a, an album or two, um, and she also ha- has done some voice acting and stuff. Uh, one of the only ones that I at all recognized was uh, Elisa Carmichael, Susie's oldest sister in Rugrats. Mm. Um, but yeah, she's done some other voice acting stuff since. Hmm. Well, I think that's everyone that yeah. I wrote down anything for. I just wasn't real, real impressed with any of the voice acting. Well, I, and not that, you know, you named some people that are definitely have a talent for voice mm-hmm. acting, but I just, I just don't feel like it was great matches with their characters. I think if we go on to uh, animation right now, we might start to shed some light on the overall quality of this thing, including voice acting. So let's let's go on animation. Okay. Um, this project was directed by French animator Bernard Derriez. I don't know how to say that. There's a thing over the E. Uh, well known for the, uh, for the at the time for Deke science fiction series Ulysses 31 and Mysterious Cities of Gold. Neither are things that I know. But, I don't recognize those. Uh, both of those were also animated by Japanese studios. And then he... Uh, Co-director was uh, was a Japanese partner named uh, Kamio Yabuki, a legendary animator at Toei Animation and former cohort of Hayao Miyazaki. Kamio Yabuki was assistant director on the 1963 film The Little Prince and the Eight-Headed Dragon that we have seen. Okay. The film was produced in only three months. At that time, the quickest on record for an animated feature. While the U.S. unit contributed to the film's production, some Japanese companies took on animation outsourcing duties, as was often the case with Deke's productions of the time. So this thing was produced in three months. And honestly... The visuals are outstanding, considering that. <laughs> Honestly, this looks amazing for something that was made within three months. So, um, I think great. it. I think it shows that it was made in three months because the voice actors doesn't necessarily sound like their best possible takes at all times. Uh, the animation is certainly not like amazing, Mm-mm. and the story clearly needed some work uh but 
This film is surprisingly competent, especially in the animation side of things, for something made within three months. Yeah, but... Uh, but also, don't do also, it. don't make an animated film in three months. Yeah, yeah, zero percent yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes if you do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't do that. Because I mean, here's the thing. One is, I was not a fan of the character designs. Um, I know you didn't like the design of Evil Lady, but I personally did like her design. I, I felt like the the vibes of her design were immaculate. Yeah, yeah, person. and I'm not saying that. Oh, sorry, I may be saying the character designs is the wrong. So many of the characters did not stay on point, especially on different angles. Like even, for example, the horse. Like if they had the horse look at you straight, the the face was weird. In fairness, horses are hard to animate in general. At times, uh, the funniest thing was with the the princess at one point. She's doing something and and one eye would be open kind of and the other wasn't. And then There was a part where she like fell to the floor and her face was like super off model. Oh yeah. And just, you know, and things like that. So I think it was it not staying on model that bothered me the most with with some of these. And again, considering the time that they had, I mean, you guys did a good job. I wish you'd been given more time and better material, but... <laughs> yeah, I think another... Uh, there was like at least five or six different studios listed as the various Japanese studios that worked on it too, which is also going to contribute to inconsistency with that. Yeah, I think the uh, another one of the symptoms is the action in the film took a lot of jumps. Like, uh, a rainbow thing would go out to hit one weapon, and then two weapons are shown knocking, being knocked to the ground. And so you've got to do that leap, but it makes it jarring. The scenes with Murky, the, the C-tier villains, those always felt a murky little- Murky and Lurky. Yeah, yeah, it felt a little different than the rest of the film. So I wonder if like one studio got them and did all of that work. But, but yeah, that always felt a bit off and with- the characters not being good and all of that, just like the parts of the film I like the least that pulled me out the most. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very inconsistent film in most aspects, um, other than being, I guess, cons- pretty consistently mediocre for the most part, <laughs> mediocre to bad. Um, yeah. It, you just, you need, animated movies need more time than that. Quite frankly. You get a better story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have that scriptwriter try a few more times. I know that you're just trying to sell toys, but like, I mean, Transformers was too. And that movie like killed half the main cast in the beginning and like had some sort of themes, even if it also had stupid things that happened just for no real reason. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just I mean- a little more effort, please. <laughs> But I mean, such, I mean, just such a boring plot. I don't even now remember why Rainbow Bright went to go ride her horse somewhere if they were just, you know, what, or just to visit a friend. But then I think it's she like, just regularly visits Earth because yeah, that boy to, knew her. Oh, like, she had to bring in Spring. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she was bringing in got Spring. Because Stormy wanted, wanted winter. winter to keep going. Oh, okay, yes. that's right. Because see, now I even forgot. But yeah. Which in fairness, then, I think of Storms as being more closely related to Spring, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is true. It's fine. Uh, I'm not I mean, going to yeah, get hung April up on showers that. bring like, Yeah, I'm not going to get hung I mean. up on that. But like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the animation is surprisingly good when you know that they animated it in such a short time frame. But it, it clearly could have been a lot better. And 
the rest of the film could have been a lot better if given even a modicum more time and effort. Yeah. I don't know if there's a lot of point in talking about a rainbow bright live action movie. I I could see somebody doing it. And yeah. In this day and age where they're pulling old IP. Yeah. I could I could see it happening. Um, a modern one. I mean, it could be interesting and also fall into a lot of the same things that a lot of more recent adaptations of old stuff does. Um, if it at the time had been made in live action with the same three month turnaround, um, I think it would have been just as bad, but maybe a little more. It could have possibly been a little more endearing just because of the really bad effects that it would probably have. Yeah. Um, but there's yeah. not there's not a lot of bones to hang anything on in this thing. Like uh, a mo- a modern there's not a lot of a bones in the oh. like plot or the characters or anything. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, and so a modern a modern thing isn't going to remake this movie. It, it should even if it still calls itself and the Star Stealer or whatever. It's going to completely change stuff because <laughs> there's just not much to work with here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I'm. I think it's interesting to think about just generally what. Rainbow Bright would look like because there's nothing to... Probably played by children, I imagine. Right, right. They feel a little extra cute than, like, the people on Earth. Yeah, yeah. And then the fuzzy things. I just inherently am not a fan of those creatures. Like, of the... I like the old one. Sure. Oron or whatever. But, like, just just inherently for me, the designs are, are a bit too much. They don't... I like Twink Makes all right, sense too. to me. But no, they're just... They're, they're, little, they're a little too weird, I think. They look like cute little guys designed to be toys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, like, thinking about just generally a Rainbow Bright that they try to remake for today is kind of interesting. But, but yes, like, it's, you shouldn't remake this movie because it's just a bad movie. The actual toys, from my recollection, were much cuter than any of the animation. You know, even yeah, even Rainbow Bright and Never all. Never got I me just... one, so <laughs> we did get some. I want to say this from came like out, a garage This came out in 1985, and I was born in 1990, so I don't know to what extent I think those we toys did were get still some around. From like garage sale or something, especially like the little remember. Twink ones. Yes, we we got some. I'm just gonna cut out Twink ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what those creatures are called. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> um, let's talk about sound design. Um, there's two songs, one in the credits, which is called Rainbow Bright and Me, and it's fine. Uh, and then Brand New Day, which opens up the movie, and it was a banger um, and really, really got the movie off on a right on the right foot, even though it was also like putting expectations way too high for yeah. what the rest of the movie was going to be. Yeah, yeah, the movie was, I mean, the, the sorry, the songs were the, the, the best part of it, you know. That, Which, I unfortunately, got, I it's, there's yeah. not, like, a musical. <laughs> it's not a musical, so it's just, like, basically the beginning and the end. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, the horse uh, singing and the 80s drums and the music and everything and just the the cheesy rainbow land that they're in. It just, it, it really, it really hit for... For a few minutes in the beginning there. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was another thing that was kind of a letdown was like, it it showed the other characters, the Rainbow Bright crew, 
And it's like, oh, you know, we get to hang out with them for this movie. And then we didn't. And it introduced some random kid who was not interesting or endearing. Yeah. But for for a few brief shining minutes, we really had it all. We were like, yeah, all right, let's <laughs> and go. It, and a lot of it was thanks to that music. So thanks. Yeah. So the rest of the music throughout the movie was like pretty endearingly 80s. It was perfectly fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? Um, I hope dearly that the boy character that thinks girls are lame and stupid and has to learn, oh, maybe girls are okay too, has died by this point. <laughs> like, but in our modern year, I hope that <laughs> it never archetype. appears again. Yeah. Um, and I hope that every single person in the past whoever wanted to put that type of character into a piece of media has stepped on multiple Legos since they had that idea and made it happen. Uh, because it's a bad idea. It's always been a terrible character type. It's annoying. Um, and I don't like it. I wish Chris had died. <laughs> That's terrible. Like, genuinely, <laughs> just makes me immediately hate them, though. Like, it's supposed to be endearing, I think. And it's not. It's absolutely not. Yeah, at this point, it, it, it kind of calls into question. It's like, how were you brought up that if you said any of this with somebody around you and they weren't like, that's messed up, man. Like, yeah. That, like, that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. What are you doing? Um, I, I mean, outside of that, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's bad. Uh, but the, like... I don't know, is there anything else that come that calls out to you? The uh, her brief phrase uh to I guess the the TV seemed to be in black and white in the human world. But I don't know if that was just because color was supposed to be draining or Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. What? But I mean generally we weren't in the human world very long, so there wasn't much to like date it. Yeah. And I can't think of any particular isms uh besides what the kid was dealing with. Right. Other than, this, other than the sexist kid that's supposed to be, like, endearing slash a learning thing, and he never learns anything, clearly. Um, I think Murky or Lurky or whichever one isn't the fat one calls the other one a fat lump once or twice, but that's pretty par for the course. There's not much that sticks out. <laughs> it's just not a good film, and that's why it doesn't work. Right. It's, yeah. it's yeah. a film made to sell toys in the 80s, and it feels like that. So, you know, um, we've gotten better at making toy at movies to sell toys to kids like the Lego movie, like an actually pretty good, pretty darn good movie uh, that also probably made a lot of people buy more Legos, you know, um, at least try to make something entertaining. Jeez. Let's go on to our spoiler alert. So the final climactic, they get back to her castle, and and they're and they're fighting or whatever, and then the the uninteresting bad guys crash their ship in and help help save the day inadvertently, not on purpose at all. And then I like that when Rainbow Bright and Chris like shoot the orb thing that gives the villain lady her powers, it doesn't explode or whatever. It like turns to stone and then crumbles. And there was some nice animation with some of the crumbling and turning to stone effects for like a couple, a couple seconds there, like 15, 
30 seconds max. Um, I kind of had wanted the whole castle to crumble. That would have been really cool. But the little bit that we got was was kind of cool. And then I guess the villain lady just like dies in a fiery explosion. Like there's no hint that she survived that. I don't know what happened to her like red eyed green skinned subordinate dude. We never see him again after a certain point. But she's in her thing to try to get the planet and then her the, spaceship. And then the and her yeah. spaceship and then the rainbow knocks her off course and then she explodes. Her ship explodes and there's no like Oh, she's in a parachute or anything. Like, I think she just died. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, oh, and I'll, sorry. Also, when she was on her way to the planet, she, her ship was running out of fuel. And so she looked to her her gem that she'd been treating as a pet the whole time that was in a seat. And she picked it up and just unceremoniously threw it in there. And, like, there wasn't, like, she, she didn't really say anything. Yeah. And there wasn't any, like, emotion one way or the other. I guess it's just another sign that she's just evil because she doesn't actually care. I don't. It, it felt really weak as a resolution to the weird Jim Pet plotline. Yeah. It felt like a lot of nothing. <laughs> it's weird. It seems like when she exploded too that it rained down kind of like diamonds or something. Kind of like that. So I don't know. Uh, at least when we... When Rainbow Bright and Chris were trying to escape in some water and there was some big monster after them and Chris shot and it turned into some bubble. Then that monster exploded into fish. Like, like, but we oh, didn't yeah. even get that with the princess. What I mean is I don't know if she was supposed to have exploded into stars. I don't know. Who she knows? exploded and then crystals rained down along with her guts because she exploded. Thank I'm not, not going to retain <laughs> Thank you for that clarification. <laughs> um, anything else in the spoilers y'all want to talk about? No more spoilers. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in the movie? The whole thing. No. No. <laughs> least favorite scene in the movie. From the beginning credits to the end. No. No. <laughs> You can't do that. <laughs> now, it's probably one of the murky and lurky scenes. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say anything with murky yes. and lurky. But yes. you got to choose a scene. Um, They're throughout. So we got to choose something. I guess the first one where... I'd say the like, second. He ran yeah. over him. He pulled back. Like, they, the thing crashed into the ground. No, that was the second. That's what oh, I'm okay. saying is we had their introductory thing. We went back to Rainbow Bright for a bit. And then we went back to them. So the second one. Yes. I, I, I think I I, I'm fine introducing them. Sure. Whatever. But yeah, the second one. I agree. I'll choose that also. What was your favorite scene in the movie? It was the opening, the, obviously. Yeah. Yes. The opening yes. with the music and through into technically a second scene with Stormy. But all of that, that yeah. first bit of the movie. Agreed. Agreed. Who's your least favorite character? Chris. Chris. Oh, yes, yes. Chris, Chris is the worst. I was about to say Murky and Lurky, but yes, Chris. No, Murky and Lurky Chris. suck, but Chris yes, is just uh, yes. the worst. I'm supposed to like him on some level, and I do not. Who is your favorite character? Oh, well, maybe uh, Stormy. 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 Yeah, yeah. Stormy's, Stormy's the cutest. She should have been in way more of the movie, but like that little scene that she has at the beginning is good. Would love to have had more. Yep. My second uh, pick would be sorry. My s- second pick would be that um, 
the metal horse. Yeah, we funny. should have yeah. talked about him yeah. more. I'm glad yeah. you brought him up. Metal yeah. horse is fun. Yeah. Yeah. He uh he was too cool for Chris, and then we learned that it was what's his name? Orem. Oh, yeah. yeah. Orem's horse, and I'm like, that makes sense. Which was the old fluffy guy. Yeah. Um what character would Tim Curry play if he were in the movie? Uh the horse. Oh yes, he needed to be the, like the the. Um, That'd talking, be pretty are fantastic. Are you talking about Rainbow Bright's horse? No. Or the Stormy Stormy uh, robot horse? A robot horse. So sorry, that's what I meant. Robot horse. Yes, I agree. I agree that he would have been a great, great robot horse. Yeah, he could have also been the underling guy to the queen, but like he doesn't get to say enough in that role. So I think, yeah, I think robot horse. Let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate this amazing. Perfect film. <laughs> this is gonna be one of this our shortest, one work of our of shortest film reviews. There's just not a lot to say about it. It's you know? just like, you know, it's just like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want some kind of final words or reflection from you on what you the nostalgia versus sure, yeah. the reality. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah, sure. Uh, but to start, I will say I do not recommend this film. Yeah, like it, it. I don't even know if it's good as a commercial because you didn't get to like use the the characters that you ostensibly know. Yeah, I think you needed to have the other kids in there a whole lot more to work better as a commercial. Yeah, so don't recommend it. Uh, even though there was some cool characters, I wish Stormy. Yes, they would have done more with them. Uh, for rating, yeah, I guess. We can acknowledge that they had to make this in three months, but, like, I'm not going to give it any bump for that. Like, Nor I, should you. Yeah, that really sucks. Don't do that to people. Uh, also, the the output of that isn't good. So I'll... God. I don't know. I guess, like, a point five. Yeah, let's go with that. All right. No, that's fair. I am with you 100%. I don't recommend it. And point five. Yeah, for those first, like five minutes it was really that was the the honeymoon phase you know it was really i thought what we had was special in that moment i was like oh yeah this is gonna be this is gonna be great but the love didn't last um i i i know what what the i have i had vibes towards this movie of like a slight unease uh that that i remembered but not like in a super negative way just like a there was something about this movie that, like, frightened me, I guess, as a child. And, yeah, it's just all the scary monsters. They scared me as a kid. They don't work nearly as well now, except for those lizards, lizard guys. They're still kind of <laughs> freaky. Uh, and just, like, the only ones that feel, like, really portrayed as, like, a menace and, like, hard to handle. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's not good. Like, it's it's kind of garbage. Um, it's impressive that it looks as good as it does considering, but it's still bad so i will give the first five minutes a three (laughs) and then the overall movie i will give i'll give it a one because i can't in good conscience rate it the same as the pinocchio live action remake even if it was garbage um so yeah i'll give it a one would you recommend no no i don't (laughs) recommend it at all uh, I recommend genuinely. I would recommend going. It's probably on probably on YouTube. Just go watch the first couple minutes. It's just like a fun. 
plasticine rainbow colored 80s fun with a dumb 80s song and then Stormy's cool uh and then once Stormy's gone you shut it off like you don't watch anymore because nothing else is worth it <laughs> that's my two cents yeah thank, thank um, you all for oh um, just, just for what we've subjected each other to yeah even with katie and the caterpillar kids Oh, I'd much rather watch Katie and the Caterpillar Kids. Yeah, like you had the uh, the hawk guy. I forget his name. Like, oh, yeah, Gracko. Mm. Yeah, like you have things that you're like, oh, this guy's funny, and you get to see yeah, more yeah. of him. No, I'd, I'd much rather watch that movie. With uh, Stormy, it's like, oh, cool, this girl rocks, and then you don't get to see more yeah, of the, her. The only, thing I, the only bit of this movie I'd ever watch again is the opening bit, and then I would turn it off as soon as Stormy was gone. Like, there's nothing else worthwhile, so... Yeah. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And please join me any Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Time on Twitch. I am playing Final Fantasy IX, and these wonderful, wonderful ladies are joining me in the chat, calling me on the phone to help me at times or tell me, Mom, <laughs> stop doing that. No. <laughs> But uh, but lots of fun. I would love for you to join me. It's my first playthrough. I'm having lots of fun creating voices. And yeah, just come join any Wednesday. Um, Nana Critter, N-A-N-A-C-R-I-T-T-E-R on Twitch. And next time we will be watching a movie that I very vaguely remember uh, involving a princess and a goblin. <laughs> <laughs> so... Join us next time. Bye. 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 Love y'all. Bye. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H dot com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening.